Bluenose Burger is a, well, Bluenose Burger production. Hobbs. That alright? Next, Bluenose Burger Paul. And it's on to Haji. He plays Ryan Kent in behind. Kent's through and goal with just the keeper to beat. And goes on Barthes. He pulls Kent down that looked like a clear pull. Now this will be very interesting. The Rangers players are incensed. Kevin Clancy runs into the melee, pushing the Rangers and Celtic players away. And what's he going to do? It's a red card for the Celtic keeper. Incredibly, Celtic reduced to eight men in the 89th minute of this crucial final Oldford match of the season. Kevin Clancy has sent off Barkas for what looked like an unarguable red card. And yes, now he's pointing to the spot. After the red card to the Celtic keeper, it had to be a penalty, and indeed it is. So now we have the unlikely sight of Scott Brown pulling on the keeper's jersey and gloves. I'm not sure if he's ever played in goal at any level, but with Celtic reduced to eight men after the sendings off of Lee Griffiths and Odson Edward, and now their keeper, and with Celtic having used all their subs, one of the outfield players had to face his penalty, and Scott Brown, despite not being the tallest, is taking on that role. And, and now below is the Celtic bench are going apoplectic. Neil Lennon is being held back by John Kennedy. He appears to have reacted to something Stephen Gerrard has said, or some gesture, I'm not sure. Kevin Clancy will have to sort this out now before the penalty can be taken. He's talking to the fourth official and now to Stephen Gerrard who gives a rueful smile and shrug as if he doesn't understand what all the fuss is about. Possibly the coolest man here in the East End of Glasgow. Neil Lennon on the other hand is beetroot with rage. He's remonstrating with Clancy, presumably something to do with the build-up to the penalty, which looked clear-cut enough in a war, though some Celtic players may still have been complaining about the throw-in they feel should have gone their way 15 minutes earlier that they believe led them directly to the penalty incident. Kevin Clancy speaking now to Neil Lennon and it's a red card for Lennon, who throws his hands up, drops to the turf, chewing the grass, screaming and beating the pitch like a man-baby with a thistle in his nappy. These really are the most remarkable scenes I've ever witnessed in all my years commentating on this powder keg fixture. And I think Kevin Clancy's also given a red card to John Kennedy. It's just pandemonium down there. And now the police are involved. It seems that the Celtic Park match commander wants to dispute the penalty award. Astonishing, truly astonishing. But the stewards have pulled him away from the referee and now Kevin Clancy runs back to the 18-yard box where Ryan Kent will take the penalty facing Scott Brown in goal. Amidst the bedlam, Kent places the ball. Clancy tells him to await the whistle. Steps back, Ryan Kent taking a... That's a long, long run-up. I'm surprised he's got the energy at this stage of the match. The whistle goes, Kent sprints up and... Oh, the ball smashes Scott Brown full in the face before ricocheting up onto the bar and bouncing down and back into play. But did it cross the line? Uh, the referee Clancy is listening to his earpiece, uh, nodding and pointing back to the halfway line. It's a goal, it's a goal. He's decided the ball crossed the line, though it was far from clear on the replay there. And incredibly, with 90 minutes played, the score stands at the Rangers 5, Celtic 0. Three penalties and a couple for Morelos to put the Rangers 14 points clear with only five games left this season. And it looks like the title will be heading back to Ibrox. 
and, and the few Celtic fans that have remained are now trying to shower the pitch with ice cream and jelly but due to the runny wobbly nature of the projectiles are just making a mess of each other these are disgraceful scenes meanwhile the Celtic players that are left are still unhappy with Clancy but he's shooing them away as he strides purposefully back to the centre circle it's never an easy job for the man in the middle but Kevin Clancy hasn't shut the big decisions today Oh, oh, no, no, no! Kevin, Kevin, what is it? Oh, God, I had that nightmare again. <sighs> the one where you gave Rangers all the decisions. Oh, God, yeah, it was horrible. I was giving them penalties and sending off Celtic players and... Don't worry, darling, it's just a bad dream. Nothing like that would ever happen in real life. No, no, of course, you're right, just, just a bad dream. After all, you said it yourself, we all know what's at stake this season. El Presidente, El Presidente, hello boys, Magic Mike Mulroney, Commander-in-Chief of the SFA, here to tell you about COVID. Now, I've got a bit of flack for saying that not letting fans into stadiums during a national spike in corona numbers is a political, not a clinical decision. Some people have pointed out that I'm not a clinician or a politician. They've said, El Supremo. You might be great at everything else, but does that mean you're great at epidemiology and disease control? Well, yes it does. In my role as Mike Mulraney, head honcho of the Mulraney Group, overseeing such international blue-chip concerns as the Mulraney Container Yard, Aloha, Mulraney Properties, Aloha, and the Leisure Bowl, Aloha. It's more than you might imagine. <laughs> Probably not. I've had to develop real-world skills and the kind of intuition that only a local Scottish businessman can. Let's take a look at the science through Mike's reality check lens. I've listened to Leech and the rest, and to me, the basic assumptions are clearly bonkers. For a start, how can you get an R number down when R's a letter? It's rang straight off the bat. And if you start with a number, and ideally a low one, then it'll be a lot easier to get to zero. In fact, why not just say it's zero and we're there? Boom! Done! Blue sky thinking, my friends. To the people that say comparing football matches to restaurants or concert venues in other countries is flawed and doesn't take account of people travelling or gathering before and after games or that we're whining about our lot when we were given special treatment before other areas of society, I say this. That's right, nothing, because it doesn't suit my argument. Just like I see nothing about working at a council leisure centre for years while being a multi-millionaire doing property deals in the local area. Weird, huh? People need to ask who they look to for clinical advice in a pandemic. Professor Jason Leach, National Clinical Director, Senior Fellow at the Institute for Healthcare Improvement. A man with so-called masters from some place called Harvard. A Fellow of the Royal College of Surgeons and a Fellow of the Royal College of Physicians. Or a fellow called Mike Mulraney, who's president of the SFA and a chairman, albeit chairman of Allo Athletic, a club with home attendances of about a thousand and a man who looks like he won Bouncer of the Year at Vicky's in 1997. Or that guy off Burniston if he let himself go. I might have a smile that makes Wayne's greet and dress like a heavy from an early Taggart, but I've pulled myself up by my bootstraps in a way that no so-called clinician ever has. 
I once heard someone say, Mike Mulraney will never be president of the SFA. And now, here I am. And to that person I say this. Look at you now, you big beautiful Mikey boy. It was me in 2015 talking to the Scottish Daily Mail. As soon as I told myself I'd never be president of the SFA, I thought, I'll show you, you bass. So basically, that's the science dealt with. Get the crowds back in, just tell them Magic Mikey sent you. And remember, this whole push to get fans back at football is all about the whole of Scottish football, and definitely not because Celtic are sweating about having no fans at the old Firm match. Peter was very clear about that. So now over to Kerry Dean, who's with Neil Lennon after today's match. So Neil, 5-0, I saw one today in a match not short of flashpoints. How did you see that? How did I see that? Kevin Clancy. Penalty. Penalty. Three penalties. Rusty Ehrenbrook. And see how he likes it. Well, that's uh, Neil Lennon, the Celtic manager for now. I, I, I don't mean for now, I mean like, well, uh, just that's the Celtic manager for now. Well, Neil Lennon, if anything, taking it better than anyone expected and apologies for the language there. We hope no one was offended by Keradine mentioning the score. <gasps> no! Kevin, Kevin, not another nightmare. Maybe you should ask not to referee all from games anymore. Well, let's not be too hasty. Okay, next item up is the vital issue of raising the capital to take Dundee United through the challenges of COVID and back to a rightful place in Scottish soccer ball, which is to say in the top three or four of the bottom six. Do we have any investors already on board? Uh, What sort of amount are we hoping to raise? Glad you asked that, token fan rep. There won't be any share issues as such. Instead, we'll be ramping up our recent strategy of what I believe you Scots like to call brass necking it. Rather than issue shares, we will be seeking buy-in from a range of partners. Oh, right, like who? Well, we've written to larger potential stakeholders such as Oxfam, UNICEF, the RSPCA, Amnesty and the WHO, offering them the chance to put a minimum of 50,000 British dollars into Dundee United. But really, the sky's the limit for these platinum donors. And what would these uh, charities get for their investment? Oh no, it's not an investment. Well, what is it? We're asking them to gift us the money. For no return? Well, they'll get the warm glow of having helped Dundee United. And? I think what you're asking is what about the opportunity to make lower level contributions? No, really. Well, we'll be offering a tiered system that lets anyone from hard-up pensioners through to small businesses on the brink during COVID, right through to sports and associations that have nothing to do with Dundee United or even foot soccer contribute at a level they can afford. But why would they? I think what you mean is why wouldn't they? No, I mean why would they? Why would people in organisations with limited funds and their own bills or worthy causes just give money to a club that spent 130% of its turnover and salary to get promoted then paid compensation for a new manager? Well that's a great question, Shug. Can I call you Shug? That's not my name. Cool. Well we just thought if we can ask lower league clubs without two bob to rub together who would derive zero benefit from us being promoted to fund our legal case for promotion, 
Why stop there? We realized there was a vast untapped resource of organizations and individuals with nothing to do with Dundee United who we could just ask to shell out. Like who? Well, this week we've written to Bill and Melinda Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, President Trudeau of Canada, and the World Wildlife Foundation, and we're just getting started. Anyone actually stumped up yet? It's early days, but we're optimistic. My email to the Walt Disney Organization was definitely delivered. I can see that in my outlook. As were mails to President Xi Jinping of China and Winnie the Pooh. He's no even real. A common misconception. You're probably just spelling it wrong. Google X-I-J-I-N-P-I. This whole thing sounds like a deluded money grab, only likely to appeal to tribally unstable and feeble-minded. <laughs> well, if it can work for all those Nigerian princes and FBI directors I've helped out, I don't see why it can't work for us. What goes around comes around. Any last questions? I are you off your head? No more questions? Okay. Well, don't forget to pick up your prospectus by the door, where you will also notice our bucket collection. Feel free to give what you can. And if any of you notice a Dundee United debit appear in your bank statement in the next few months, that means the new card skimmers around the stadium are working properly, and Dundee United thanks you for your kind donation. As our new aspirational mission slogan says, Today Tanadice, tomorrow Bernie Bow. Sorry, the Bernie Bow. Bernie Bow? Bernie? Bow. Okay, Bernie Bow. I knew that. Oh, three hours queuing at the Rangers store for my new Rangers tap. But I finally got it. Oh, and it's worth the wait, so it is. Just check all oh, the badges and letters, okay? Right, looks brand new. Never mind, we'll soon fix that. Da, how come you've got a Rangers tap? Don't we hate the Rangers? Of course we do, John Paul, more than anything. So what's with the Rangers tap? Well, it wasn't easy to get, so it wasn't I had to queue for near enough three hours, so I did. But now I have it, I'm going to boil wash it, then dry it on the three-bar heater. Then I'm going to put pics up on my fake Rangers fan Twitter account, pretending to be a bailing Rangers fan, greeting about the crap quality of their jersey. Then I'm going to go to the backyard, hang it up and burn it, so I can post clips on my Celtic fan Twitter account under a fake name. Always use a fake name, son. Even when you're being yourself, you never know who's watching. I might even dust off my balaclava for that. Then I'm going to post pictures of me burning the Rangers tap while playing rebel songs and post it online for other Celtic fans to pure laugh at. But why da? Because the Rangers are pure obsessed with us. Oh, right. Uh, did you get us the new Fitbit boots when you were in town da? Don't be cheeky. Think I made the money. Things are tough with the Covid and that. These are hard times son. Only one thing gets us through times like this. Family? No, getting it up to Rangers. Like that time we hung dummies done up like Rangers fans have to stand at the Glory Bowl. Pure execution style. Or all the Rangers tops that got mysteriously stabbed in the post. Oh man, listening to them bleating about criminal damage and hate crimes, I was pissing myself. Is that no bad, da? Even if they are Rangers fans? No, son. You have to understand. We're pure oppressed. This is us rising up and fighting the good fight. You know what commitment is, son? Working hard every day to be the best you can, da. No, you wee dobber, where are you getting all this? Commitment is finding out where a Rangers player lives, going out and scuffing up his car, waiting a bit, then going back later and torching it in front of his house. You know what that shows? I couldn't guess. It shows we won't be intimidated. 
but gah, oh, this seems wrong. I hate the Rangers too, but I don't want to hang dummies in them or burn their cars. Oh, son, I used to think like you too. But when you're old enough to shave your eyebrow, you'll understand. You need to remember one thing when it comes to torching Rangers, bars, cars, abusing players in the street to get a rise, or just generally stalking young guys who've moved to another country. Aye, what's that, da? Rangers are bams. difficult times when you can only socialise with your family at home or in the garden, we're all looking for ways to blow off steam, have fun and relax. And what could be more fun than enjoying the classic family game Twister, but with a twist? Now you and your family can enjoy all the limb-tangling fun of Twister, the Daryl Broadfoot edition. Who is Daryl Broadfoot, you might ask? Well, if you're a listener to BBC Scotsport, you'll have regularly heard Daryl's opinions on the issues of the day and still be wondering that exact same question. Who the hell is that? Well, if you don't know what Daryl looks like, imagine a Scotch pie visited a male grooming salon and you're pretty much there. And Twister, the Daryl Broadfoot edition, is the perfect game to combine with one of Scottish football's trickiest PR word wranglers. In this special edition, you'll already be off to a twisty start as you somehow keep one foot in the PR world as partner of a PR company, oops, sorry, creative agency, whilst appearing in the supposedly impartial BBC. Watch you don't flip over as you try to figure out if the SFA's former head of communications is still offering PR consultancy to the SFA and other Scottish football bodies while defending such mind-boggling decisions as refusing to let St Mirren postpone matches against Hibs and, uh-oh, Selic, even though they had lost all three goalkeepers. Is it a medical issue or a sports one? Twister the Daryl Broadfoot edition will turn you inside out trying to keep up. Mind you, don't flip over trying to figure out if he's a PR gonk or a journalist. Well, despite seemingly retiring from journalism in 2009, we'll never really know, as Daryl keeps you tied in knots with his talking bollocks and an earnest voice stick that really does seem to turn the world upside down. He may not have written an article in over a decade, but somehow he's telling you what to think about the game he gets paid to do the PR for on the impartial BBC you pay for. Say what? Twisty is a bucket of coked up eels. Twister, the Daryl Broadfoot edition, comes with all new rules. If you put a straight leg through another Twister player and leave a hole in their thigh, it's laugh it off and play on as normal. Well, if the other player is on the blue team anyway. While you're trying to work out your next move, Daryl will tell you why a straight leg challenge that leaves a hole in the opponent's thigh isn't a red card because in his twisty words, it's a stingy injury. Which sounds reasonable until you think, how would you know what a hole in someone else's leg feels like? He's so much twistier than normal Twister. Twister, the Daryl Broadfoot edition, also has different mats for different layers of confusion and mayhem. Can you balance being former head of communications and corporate affairs at the SFA, then moving into a PR consultancy role for the same organisation, while turning up in the BBC as a vague PR journalist Jeff Goldblum in the Flystyle Hybrid? Is he a mouthpiece spouting bollocks for just the SFA, or also the SPFL, while Maxwell, Doncaster, McLennan and the rest hide in their bunkers? Or is he just a lucky journalist who hasn't written anything in a decade and happens to work for a PR firm? None of it makes any more sense than one of Daryl's carefully spun arguments, but you'll be breathless trying to figure out which way is up and whose nose is up whose arse in this chaotic addition to the Twister family. 
If you want to know more about Twister or Daryl Broadfoot, then don't check out his wiki entry which, if it wasn't written by Daryl himself, looks like it was written by his mum. In a mere eight lines you will learn that, and these are all quotes, Daryl showed early promise in football and English was a world-class weightlifter between the ages of 15 and 18, nope, me neither, captain Queen's Park pre-season under-18s team, but presumably not the actual season's under-18 team or any other as he would undoubtedly have mentioned, and is a good friend, not a friend, not a very good friend, but a good friend of Andrew Robertson, the Scotland and Liverpool player. Twister the Daryl Broadfoot edition is next level, with added perils like avoiding the names Daryl drops at regular opportunities as you try to stay in the game and figure out what the heck is going on. Twist this way and that, you'll still not know who you're looking at or whose words you're hearing. Twister the Daryl Broadfoot edition. Play it if you dare. Blue Nose Burger was made by the Blue Nose Burger crew. Music by Kevin MacLeod, Frederick Lardon featuring Laura Pammy and the United States Army Old Guard Fife and Drum Corps. Find us on Twitter, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Stitcher and other places. Blue Nose Burger is buy beers for beers, so if you like what we do, please tell friends and family. If you don't like what we do, tell a Tim. Either way, get us a download and spread the word. Thanks.